Hello, my name is Cindy Lesage, and the scripture reading for today is from Matthew chapter 2, verses 19 through 23, and Matthew chapter 13, verses 53 through 55. When Herod had died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said. Take the child and the mother back to the land of Israel, because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Then, after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophets had said. He will be called a Nazarene. When Jesus had finished telling these stories and illustrations, he left that part of the country. He returned to Nazareth, his hometown. When he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, where does he get this wisdom and the power to do miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just the carpenter's son. And we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. The word of the Lord. Hey, Grace242. I have two people in my life who both like to make perler bead creations, and both of these people happen to be named Kyle. Do you know what perler beads are? You grab this plastic thing with all these little spikes on it and then you have these little plastic beads of different colors and you put them on the spikes and then once you've arranged them how you want on that plastic spike thing, then you take an iron and it melts all the perler beads together to form whatever thing you wanted to make. Well, what I've done is I've asked these Kyles to send me pictures of some of their creations. So we're gonna make a little bit of a game out of it. I'm gonna show you the picture of one of their creations and you have to tell me what it is. See if you can guess what it is. The first creation is from Kyle Lynch, who is my brother-in-law. The hint is that this item is from a Disney movie. So kids, do you know what item this is? This is Maui's hook from the movie Moana. The next creation comes to us from Kyle Komarowski and this should be pretty obvious. If you said the Death Star, you'd be correct. Here's another one from Kyle Komarowski, and it's another Star Wars creation. Anyone know what this is? Hint, it's a droid. This is a gonk droid. Here's another one from Kyle Komarowski, and yes, this is also from Star Wars. A hint is that this is a weapon. Another hint is that this is the weapon of the Jedi. And if you said lightsaber, you are correct. The next creation is from Kyle Lynch, my brother-in-law. And this one is pretty hard, especially if you're not a video gamer. But if you're sitting in a room with Beckett Johnson, he should know what this is. So if you're near him, ask him what it is. The hint is this is from the video game Zelda Breath of the Wild. And if you said Sheikah Slate, you are correct. This is the device that the main character Link carries around in the video game. One last one from Kyle Komarowski, and I don't even want to give you a hint because you should already assume this is from Star Wars. This is Kyle Komarowski's favorite character in all of the Star Wars universe. This is Boba Fett. 
Now I asked these Kyles how they make these perler bead creations, and both of them said that they will choose an image from the internet, and then they'll just look at that image, and then they'll drop beads in according to the coloring of the image to make the perler bead creation. So I find it pretty fascinating that the, both of these Kyles can just look at an image and then recreate it, make a copy of it with perler beads. But I bring this up because both Kyles are using a template they're finding an image online that's going to function as a template, and then they're making a perler bead copy of that template. Similarly, we as the church are instructed to make copies, and we're to make copies of a template, and God has given us that template. Let's look at this copies based off a template dynamic. Let's look at our scripture reading today, which comes from Matthew 2, and we'll read verses 19 through 23. And while you're turning there, let me set this passage up for you. Matthew has largely trained his camera upon the Magi who followed the star to visit the baby Jesus. On their way to find baby Jesus, they stopped at King Herod's palace, who is threatened by this newborn king. And King Herod says, under a false pretense of visiting Jesus, that when the Magi find baby Jesus, that they should tell King Herod so that he can go and worship him too. But in reality, King Herod's plans are to kill the baby Jesus. Well, the Magi find baby Jesus, they follow the star, and they're filled with joy. And God warns the Magi not to return to King Herod because of Herod's nefarious plans to kill Jesus. And also, at the same time, an angel appears to Joseph and warns Joseph to flee and take the family with him to Egypt, where they will be protected from King Herod because they will leave King Herod's jurisdiction and also put physical distance between them and King Herod. And so our passage today, Matthew 2, verses 19 to 23, picks up right after the family has hid out in Egypt. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said. Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel, because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Then, after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophets had said, he will be called a Nazarene. So once the family finally settles down, they settle down in the town of Nazareth in the region of Galilee. So Nazareth becomes Jesus' hometown. And Nazareth was a small, innocuous town of about 500 to 1,500 people. And archaeology suggests that at the time of Jesus, Nazareth was undergoing a building boom, which bodes well for Jesus' family's line of work, because Joseph was a craftsman. He was a builder. Flip with me to Matthew 13, verses 53 to 55. Now, this passage is going to take place later in Jesus' ministry when he's grown up and he returns to his hometown, and his return is not welcomed by the town because they don't have faith that he is the Messiah. But in this passage that we're about to read, notice what the people say about Jesus and his dad, Joseph. Let's read Matthew 15, verses 53 to 55. When Jesus had finished telling these stories and illustrations, he left that part of the country. He returned to Nazareth, his hometown. When he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, Where does he get this wisdom and this power to do miracles? Then they scoffed, He's just the carpenter's son. 
And we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. The crowd remembers that this is Jesus who grew up in Nazareth. And they remember him as a little boy, and so they scoff at him for claiming to be the Messiah. But notice as they scoff how they recognize him. They said, this is Jesus, the carpenter's son. Now, our English translations use that word carpenter, which often evokes thoughts of somebody who works with wood or builds things out of wood. But the Greek word behind carpenter is a word tekton, which is a builder or a craftsman. And since wood was in short supply in Galilee, Joseph was most likely a stonemason. Here's what the Lexam geographical commentary on the Gospels says about tectons. Typically, a tecton was hired to build the parts of a building or house that were beyond the skill of his fellow townspeople. For example, set the corners, align the walls so that the roof would hold, build the doors and the lock, etc., and to oversee the entire construction process. This made the tecton part builder, part architect, part contractor, and part artisan. So imagine Jesus growing up in Nazareth during this building boom. And as these buildings are going up, he's part of the family business. He's on the job, apprenticing, learning from his dad as a tecton, learning from his dad as a builder. And as someone who is part builder, part architect, part contractor, part artisan, he has to know how to follow templates. He has to know how to follow blueprints. He has to look at the blueprint of the house, he has to look at the template of the house, and then build the house accordingly. So Jesus, as a young boy, is learning how to make copies based off of templates. This is part of the job that he learned growing up in the family business under his dad, Joseph, who was a tecton. When it comes to making copies out of templates, Jesus was raised in it. Not only was Jesus raised in the art of making copies based off of templates, but Jesus himself is a copy of the Father. Look at what Jesus says to the crowds in John 12, verse 45. For when you see me, you are seeing the one who sent me. When we see Jesus, we see the one who sent Jesus. And who sent Jesus? His heavenly Father. So when we look at Jesus, we are seeing a carbon copy of the Father. And then just two chapters later in John, Jesus would tell Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus sees himself as a carbon copy of the Father. I love how Colossians 1 verse 15, nails this down. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Jesus is the visible copy of the invisible template. If the Father is the template, then Jesus is the carbon copy of that template. Just to put some pieces together for a moment, we have the Father, and then we have the carbon copy of the Father who is Jesus, and now here's where we come in. Look at Romans 8 verse 29. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. We have the Father, who is the template. We have Jesus, who is the copy of the Father. And then we look at Romans 8.29, which tells us that we are to become like the Son. We are to become like Jesus. We are to become copies of Jesus. So if the Father is the template and Jesus is the copy of the Father, then Jesus is our template and we are to become copies of Jesus. In that case, we might read Romans 8.29 like this. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become copies of Jesus so that Jesus would be the firstborn among many copies of himself. 
You following this? Jesus is a copy of the Father. He's a perfect copy of the template, the Father. But now we are to become copies of Jesus. So Jesus functions as our template and we're to become copies of Him. When the Kyles made their perler bead creations, they chose an image to function as a template and then they made their perler bead creations based off of that template. They made copies of that image, perler bead copies, based off of the template. Jesus is our template. Jesus is the perfect copy of the Father, and so Jesus becomes our template. And now, because Jesus is our template, we are commanded to become copies of our template, Jesus. Look at Luke 6, verse 40. Here's what Jesus says about becoming a disciple. Students, other translations use the word disciples there, are not greater than their teacher, but the student who is fully trained will become like his teacher. The student who is fully trained will become a copy of his teacher. To be a disciple is to become like your teacher. It is to become like your template. Jesus is our template, and so we are to become like that template. Jesus is our template, and so we are to become copies of that template. There are three action words in Grace 242's mission statement. And the first of those action words is being. Because we need to be disciples first. As disciples of Jesus, we need to become copies of Jesus. As disciples of Jesus, we have to be copies of our template, Jesus. If being a disciple means being a copy of Jesus, how do we do that? Well, first of all, we can't become a copy of Jesus without being with Jesus. We can't become like Jesus, we can't be made a copy of Jesus, unless we take time to be with Him. Look at Acts 4.13, and, and as we do so, notice what the council notices about Peter and John. Alright, let's read Acts 4 verse 13. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Even this council that stands in the way of the good news of Jesus being the Messiah going forth, this council that wants to stamp out this Jesus movement, even this council recognizes that Peter and John are men who have been with Jesus. They have been with Jesus to the degree that Jesus has rubbed off on them so much that they have actually become copies, become like their teacher Jesus. Even this secular council that wants to stand in the way of Jesus' mission notices that these men have been with Jesus. Are you being with Jesus? Is time with Jesus a priority for you? Are you being with Jesus? Are you taking time to be with Him? Because if you're not, you're being with the world. If you're not taking time to be with Jesus, if you're not taking time with Him to be shaped and molded into His image to become a copy of Jesus, then the automatic default setting is that you are becoming a copy of the world. Time with the news, time being entertained, time on your phone, time watching television, that's all time where you are being shaped and fashioned by the world. Even if it's a Christian news source, I dare say that you are still paying attention to the cares and concerns of this world and see so you are letting the world shape you. We need to take time to be with Jesus. How can we ever expect to become a copy of Jesus if we don't ever take time to be with Him? This means looking at your priority list and rearranging your priorities. This means looking at your task list and actually saying, I am stopping the work now so that I 
can be with Jesus. And a little secret that I've discovered is when you stop the work to be with Jesus, supernaturally, because God is all-powerful, He actually makes up that time for you. That's what I found. When I stop my work, when I stop my tasks, when I stop doing and take time to be with my Lord and Savior, He supernaturally honors that and makes up the time and I get done what I would have needed to get done anyway and if I don't get it done, it doesn't matter. We need to be with Jesus. We have to take time to stop our task lists, stop being shaped by the world, and be with our Lord and Savior. I've shared this before, but it's just something that works for me, so I'll happily share it if it works for other people. But I found that my favorite spot to be with Jesus, the spot that really works for me, is in the front passenger seat of my car. And I like to go and drive somewhere where I have a good view. I really like the Port Washington Park where it overlooks Lake Michigan so I can look out over the lighthouse and see the lake. And I just sit in the passenger seat with my Bible open and I pray. Often I'll pray out loud because I'm in my little car, which has become this little temple, this little meeting space. And I'll just, as the Spirit leads, oscillate between silence, between tears, between prayer, between reading my Bible. I don't have any agenda except for being with Jesus. I just want to spend time with my Savior and that's what works with me. So if we're going to become copies of Jesus, we have to take intentional time to be with Jesus. How do we become copies of Jesus? Well, first of all, we have to be with Jesus, but then we also have to make sure that we have the right template. Now, this seems pretty obvious, but if we don't get this one right, then we're off track from the get-go. When Kyle Komarowski wanted to make a Perler B Death Star, he chose an image, a template of a Death Star. Can you imagine if he would have had an image of Jupiter or Saturn? Well, his perler bead creation would turn out nothing like the Death Star because he had the wrong template. How can we expect to become like Jesus if we have the wrong template? Jesus is the template. Having the right template might seem obvious, but our sinful nature loves to get in the way of this. Our sinful nature loves to make sure that we have the wrong template. Why? Because the truth is, is we don't want to follow Jesus' template. We want to follow our own template. We don't want to follow Jesus' template. We want to follow the template of our own construction. Because Jesus' template is hard. Jesus' template goes against our inclinations. Jesus' template puts us at odds with the culture. Jesus' template costs our life. So we don't like Jesus' template. We want to construct our own template. One of the tools that we like to use at Grace 242 to make sure that we have the right template, that we're following the right template, is the triangle. Because when we look at Jesus' life, it takes the shape of a triangle. The template is a triangle, which Jesus gives us. Because there are three dimensions to Jesus' life. So the top point of the triangle is the up dimension of Jesus' life. First and foremost, Jesus is up with his Father. He retreats from the work of ministry. He stops his task list to be with the Father. He leaves the crowds to spend time alone in prayer. Earlier we said that a copy of Jesus takes time to be with Jesus. Jesus took time to be with his Father, and this is the up dimension. And then the other point of the triangle is that Jesus is also in with his disciples. He chooses 12 men to live his life with, and he gives them access to his life, and he pours his life into these 12 men who he's invited in. Jesus invites these 12 men into his life 
to make copies of himself. And then the last point of the triangle is the out dimension, where we see Jesus out with the crowds, teaching, healing, performing miracles. As the copy of the Father, Jesus shows the world who God is when he is out with the crowd. One of the reasons I like this tool is because it represents Jesus' life as a visual shape. We can see the template of Jesus expressed in a shape. And you can use this when you're discipling somebody. You can say, how's your up relationship with God? How's your in? Are you discipling somebody else? How are your relationships that are close? Are you investing in good relationships that are going to push you towards Christ's likeness? And then out, are you serving? Are you using your gifts to build up the church? I like this tool because we can evaluate our discipleship by looking at this triangle. And today we said that copies of Jesus have to be with Jesus. So this is the up dimension. And so in your house churches this morning, I would love it if you would focus on that up dimension and just ask one another, how's your up? How's your relationship with Christ? How's your relationship with the Father? Are you taking intentional time to be with Jesus? What's getting in the way of you being with Christ? Maybe we can help you and come up with a strategy and hold you accountable that when you say, I want to take more time with Jesus, and we say, okay, what can be cut out of your schedule that you can name that and we can pray over that and say, Lord, we pray that this would be cut out of your schedule so that you can become more like Christ. And then we can hold you accountable to that. So take time in your house churches. I would love if you all share, how's your up dimension? And then talk about that as a house church. Have you taken time to be with Jesus? Do you have the right template? Are you in the word? Are you in the Bible? making sure that your mind is being renewed, making sure that you have the right template of Christ to follow, to become a copy of. Next week, we're going to see how disciples of Jesus need the power of Jesus. I'll see you next week. Grace 242. Love you.